Well, only God knows exactly where, where you've been. Only, only you know what's going on in your life. But I want to tell you tonight, if you feel the call of God and the pull of the Holy Ghost on your heart, and you know that there's help here this evening, run to Jesus. Don't hold back. Amen. Run to Jesus. Thank you. I just realized that. Amen. I grabbed the wrong Bible there. Turn with me this evening if you have your Bibles and want to follow along. I'll be reading from the Old Testament book of Judges. Judges in chapter number 3. Judges chapter number 3. Praise God. Are you glad to be in church tonight? Amen. I truly, truly have um, enjoyed the presence of the Lord in these services. Is it your custom to stand for the reading of the Scripture here? All right. I, uh, I like that too. So let's stand for the reading of the Word of God tonight. I often say that it's, uh, it's a great way to show reverence to the Word of God and give you a chance to stretch before settling in for the long haul. <laughs> Judges chapter number 3, just one verse tonight, verse 31. And after him was Shamgar, the son of Anath, which slew of the Philistines six hundred men with an ox goad, and he also delivered Israel. Amen. Since that's a short verse, I'll read it again just so you can rehearse in your mind these little details. After him was Shamgar, the son of Anath, which slew of the Philistines... 600 men with an ox goad, and he also delivered Israel. Let's pray, and then I'll, I'll uh, tell you what, I, uh, what I'd like to try to preach to you about tonight. <clears throat> Our Lord, we thank you for your presence here. We have so enjoyed, Lord, the songs and the testimonies, the inclusion of the children in the service tonight, your spirit moving among us. And everything that you've done for us on this day, all through the day, Lord, we appreciate you honoring us with your presence. But now as we've come to this preaching part of the service, we ask you, Lord, to open up our hearts that we might hear what the Spirit would say to us. That you would challenge and help us, O oh Lord. That you would cause each and every member of this church to feel, Lord, their, uh, their, their, their need. And to know, Lord, that you are wanting to raise up a church in these last days, with the power of God upon us and for your glory. And we pray that you would meet with us in this altar after a while. And we'll be so grateful for your encouragement and help in Jesus' name. Amen. amen. And everybody say amen. amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> with the Lord's help tonight, I'd like to try to preach to you on the spirit of Shamgar. The spirit of Shamgar. And um, I'll tell you in advance that there's not a lot of information about this man that we just uh, uh, read about. In fact, there's only one other verse that he But as far as a story, as far as knowing much about his upbringing, where he came from, the length of days that he had as one of the judges of Israel, we, we, know, we know very, very little but I like his name, don't you? Doesn't he sound like a superhero? Shamgar. 
I mean, if you want somebody to, to call a superhero, here he is, right here. Shamgar, the son of Anath, which slew the Philistines 600 men with an ox goad. Amen. We don't know, as I've already said, much about him, but looking at this one verse, there's a couple of things that are quite evident to us. Number one, we see here, and, and as I said, two things. First, we see that Shamgar had an enemy all around him. An enemy all around him. But we quickly see that Shamgar also had an energy within him. Shamgar had an enemy all around him. The enemy was everywhere. These Philistines had, they had infiltrated the land. They had restricted the travel of the Israelites. They had captured land. They had plundered the towns. They had stolen the belongings. They had completely taken over and interrupted the everyday way of life among Israel. The enemy was everywhere. This was a vicious enemy. They were destructive, intimidating, terrorizing the Philistines. The other verse that I told you where Shamgar's name is mentioned is in chapter number 5. Deborah and Barak had just won their mighty victory, and Deborah, one of the female judges of Israel, uh, a woman warrior, if you will, tonight, and she's singing praise to God for the victory that has come to them. And in her she says in, 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 uh, in uh, let's see uh, here, in uh, chapter number 5, verse number 5, the mountains melted from before the Lord, even that Sinai from before the Lord God of Israel. In the days of Shamgar, the son of Anath, in the days of Jael, the highways were unoccupied, and the travelers walked through byways. The inhabitants of the villages ceased. They ceased in Israel until that I, Deborah, arose, and I arose a mother in Israel. They chose new gods. Then was war in the gates. Was there a shield or a spear seen among 40,000 in Israel? Now, right there is some very interesting details about the days of Shamgar. Now, it covers a, a, a period of time uh, on up to uh, Deborah's day. But, but here she, she has uh, let us in on some, some details here that uh, the Philistines had so occupied the land that, uh, that the people of Israel didn't even feel free to travel in the streets. So they went out into the byways. They were, they were, you know, wandering through the woods so as not to be uh, discovered. They were fearful about their own lives. It was a troublesome time. And so, uh, uh, so the highways were bare, unoccupied. People didn't feel safe on the highways. The travelers walked through the byways. And then she also says, was there even a shield or a spear among 40,000 among 40,000 in Israel, there weren't any weapons. There, were no, there was no defenses. The army, the military of Israel had been completely depleted. They had been completely disarmed. 
In fact, there's another scripture in 1 Samuel chapter 13 said in those very days that says, Now there was no smith found throughout all the land of Israel. For the Philistines said, Lest the Hebrews make them swords or spears. So not only had they confiscated the visible weapons that, 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 that they had, but they, they also destroyed or captured all of the smiths, which meant blacksmiths, all of those that were capable of making weapons so that, that they, couldn't, uh, they couldn't rearm themselves. No spears, no, no, no uh, swords, no shields. This people completely defenseless, and the enemy is everywhere. I look at this uh, uh, the, the, this uh, setting here, and, uh, and 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 I feel like it's much like the day that we're living in. The enemy is everywhere. The enemy is everywhere. I'm sure that you have sensed it. You have felt it. This darkness that has crept into our country this great division that is happening in our land, the political turmoil and the tension, the new ideas that are being, uh, that are being propagated on a daily basis, the enemy is everywhere. We know that the enemy is doing everything he can to infiltrate our, our, our nation's um, uh, politics. We know that the enemy is infiltrating the uh, school systems. We know that the enemy has waged war on this young generation. We know that they are being fed all kinds of lies. They're being told that they can't even, they can't even determine what sex they are. They can't, uh, you know, uh, they shouldn't even have to be uh, told whether they're a boy or a girl. Let them choose whatever they want to be. The enemy is everywhere. Somebody mentioned it this morning in Sunday school. These, uh, these horrific laws that are, that are being passed and talked about openly about uh, abortion and late-term abortions and even post-birth abortions. I'm telling you, the enemy is everywhere. There are things happening in our day that we w wouldn't have dreamed of in, in, in just a, a few years ago. But besides the visible things, the drug addictions, the horrible infestation of heroin and methamphetamines and all of those things that are robbing young people of their very lives, the, 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 the horrible, uh, horrible ideas that are coming into people's mind let us know that it's not only a visible enemy, but it is an enemy in the invisible world. The enemy is everywhere. I don't know um, if everybody battles it, but we heard the testimony this morning of our brother who told of some of the struggles and the battles that he's had recently. And I told him before service tonight, uh, Brother Rapp, is that right? Uh, I said, I, I was saying amen, nodding my head, been there, done that, had those struggles. Amen. We are battling the spirit of discouragement. We are battling the spirit of depression. We are battling the spirit of anger, the spirit of hatred, the spirit of rebellion trying to rise up even within us because the enemy is everywhere. There is a spirit of compromise trying to get a hold of the church world, a spirit of worldliness rising up in the church world. 
There is the spirit of carnality trying to drag us down to the lowest level. Strip us of our ammunition. Take away from us our weapons so that we'll be too carnal to fight, too worldly, too weak to fight. We understand, amen, that there is a spirit of lust at work in the hearts and minds of men and women across the land using the very, the very technology that could be such a blessing and is, even here in this church, a fabulous, a fabulous technologies available to us to spread the gospel. But the enemy infiltrates that and uses it on a daily basis. So when you tap on your phone or go to the internet, don't be surprised that the enemy pops up right there behind a bush because the enemy is everywhere. Y'all with me tonight? Amen. Uh, uh, the spirit of addiction, the spirit of suicide, the enemy is everywhere. Amen. Uh, we're surrounded uh, by an un- uh, unseen uh, enemy, uh, uh, and it's uh, and it's very much like the day of Shamgar. Amen. What is so discouraging and disheartening to me is uh, where are the warriors in the church? Where are the fighters among God's people? Where are the weapons among God's people? Have we no courage? Have we no strength? Have we no weapons to fight with? Has the enemy so completely disarmed us that we can hardly make it from Sunday to Wednesday with some measure of victory in our life? Always, every day, fighting the same battle every, every, every time, every day. Amen. And so I like the fact um, that there's this man, Shamgar, in the midst of it. One man, one man, an unarmed farmer, if you will, because that's what he was. Um, I believe that uh, Shamgar was a farmer. We have a little evidence here of that. Uh, The Bible says simply that he slew these 600 Philistines uh, with an ox goad. Amen. An ox goad of all things. A very simple farm instrument. Probably nothing more than a pole made out of a a tree branch. Maybe because it was useful, they stripped the bark off of it. They might have polished it a little bit, uh, you know, and maybe just because it was used daily, it was uh, it was well oiled with the very hands of the working farmer. But it was a pole, about six foot uh, in length, and uh, sharpened at one end with a point. That was the goad part. What goading means is to prod. It means to push or prod an animal to goad him. So walking behind the plow and and uh, and plowing his field when the when the animal became a little stubborn, the ox pulling the plow became a little tired or obstinate, then he would take that long pole that stick with the point on the end and he would simply uh poke it into the to the side of that ox to make him perk up and 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 and, and move on and 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 do the work that he was that he's been uh, uh strapped up to do and so he would he would use that that goad to uh, push the animal along 
Now, we're also, um, we're also uh, told in our studies about the ox goad that many times a farmer would fasten to the other end of that pole or that stick some kind of a, a piece of metal of, uh, of some kind, uh, maybe about the side, uh, size of a, uh, of a uh, uh, spatula or um, a, a paint scraper uh, uh, or something, or, or maybe about the size of, a, uh, of a, a, a knife that you would use to spread sheetrock mud, you know, something like that. They would fasten it to the end of the, of the pole, and they would use that then to scrape the mud off of the plow. So they're working through the field, and they'd have this little instrument laying across the bars of their plow, and as needed, they could either poke the animal to goad him along, or they could scrape the, 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 the mud off, uh, off of the plow. So it's a very crude, simple tool that a farmer used. So we get a glimpse of the fact uh, that this man is a worker. He's a farmer. Amen. But in his heart, he's a warrior. Amen. Praise God. In his heart, he's a warrior. It doesn't matter what your occupation is. It doesn't matter what your daily career is. You can be a farmer. You can be a, a construction worker, a carpenter. You can be a banker. Amen. You can be a preacher. But whatever it is that we do on a daily basis, when we become aware that there's an enemy all around about us, there needs to be a warrior that rises up within us. Amen. We are in a fight. We are in a battle. It's the battle of our life. It's the battle for our families. It's the battle for our country. It's the battle for our church. It's the battle for our own very soul. And if there's not a warrior that rises up inside a worker, amen, we're all destined to continue on this journey of decay and captivity until we all, amen, are stripped of power and, and made slaves to sin and Satan. Is that really what we want? Is that the outcome that we're looking for? I don't think so. I think the fact that you're gathered together on a Sunday night is an indication that you have a warrior within you. You're wanting to fight back. You don't want a daily existence that's stripped of joy, that's stripped of victory, that has no peace, that has no power. I think you came to church tonight because there's some kind of a intuition inside you that says, I need more. I need help. I can do better. I want to do better. I don't know how I'm going to do this, but I know this. I'm not going to continue on letting the enemy just have his way, ruining my family, destroying my friends. Amen. I've got to do something. I don't know what I can do, but I'm going to do what I can do. Praise God. Hallelujah. I look at Shamgar, and I, and I believe that a, a, a good one, uh, one uh, little sentence description of him is uh, he was a man that did what he could where he was with what he had. I said he was a man that did what he could where he was with what he had. 
Amen. A man that did what he could where he was with what he had. I want to be that man. How about you? I may not have a lot of money. I may not have a lot of talent. I might not have a lot of time at this age and stage. Amen. There may be a lot of excuses that I could make tonight. And some of you are making a lot of excuses as well. Some of you young people say, when I get older, when I graduate, when I get married, when I have money, when I have done the other things that I want to do, then maybe then I might do something. You Really? You're going to wait that long? What guarantee do you have that you'll, amen, be any better a position then than you are now? You need to do what you can, where you are, with what you have. Praise God. That's the stuff that a real warrior is made out of. Amen. Praise God. Uh, I uh, was uh, somebody um, familiar with our family today asked me about our kids, and so I told them that our um, that our son, I guess it was uh, brother and sister Everett, uh, that our son is in the Navy. And um, he's uh, stationed up in Virginia right now. But uh, it was kind of a surprise to us when, when he told us. It was a shock, really, uh, that he was joining the Navy. And it was a difficult thing uh, for, for Mom. She, uh, she cried for days and worried. And uh, I worried, too. Uh, but finally, I, I decided that I'm one of those that is a patriot at heart. Uh, I, I didn't serve in the military but my dad was a Marine, my brother was Army, my son is Navy, I have nephews that have served, and I always, uh, I always backed them, I always supported them. When I was a pastor and it became, it became Veterans Day or, uh, or a, a patriotic holiday, I always recognized the servicemen that were among us uh, and clapped for them uh, that, that served our country. I, I, I believe in that. Uh, I'm grateful for that. And so I decided I'm going to support my own son. He's uh, out there doing what he can uh, to be a part of those that, that protect us. Uh, and uh, it's a dangerous time in which we live. But I started getting interested then in all things Navy. And, uh, and of course, uh, in recent years, we've read and heard a lot about the Navy SEALs, which he's not. This, uh, the Navy SEALs are a very elite team. I found that there's a, uh, that there's a, a devotional on uh, Right Now Media that's uh, done by a team of Navy SEALs, former Navy SEALs. And uh, they base their devotions on the Navy SEAL creed. And I went through that, and then I printed off a copy of the Navy SEAL Creed. And uh, here's the first paragraph, the Navy SEAL Creed. In times of war or uncertainty, there's a special breed of warrior ready to answer our nation's call, a common man with an uncommon desire to succeed. Forged by adversity, he stands alongside America's finest special operations forces to serve his country, the American people, and protect their way of life. And then, I am that man. That's their creed. Amen. I am that man. That takes some boldness to pledge yourself to that. And that's only the beginning there's several things in this, and it's a, it's a very, uh, very interesting comparison to the Christian life. Uh, my character and honor are steadfast. I lead by example in all situations. Uh, I am never 
out of the fight. I am never out of the fight. Amen. Come on now. And, and, and uh, my training is never complete. I serve with honor on and off the battlefield. That's the pledge of a Navy SEAL, a warrior at heart. I'm not calling anybody here to arm uh, service. Uh, I'm not uh, recommending you join the Navy or become a Navy SEAL. But I sure would like to enlist some men and women tonight uh, to the service of the Lord. Amen. Because the enemy is everywhere. And somehow or another, we have got to, we've got to have a man. I want to be that man that will stand up against, uh, uh, against what is happening and, 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 and in spite of the adversity I want to be that man to do what I can where I'm at with what I have praise God and so um, and so I, I want to I want to uh, recommend to you this uh, Shamgar example Shamgar amen not only was a man that was uh, that was surrounded by the enemy amen he didn't just have an enemy all around him but he had an energy within him Amen. I said I'm calling this the spirit of Shamgar. Let me quickly tell you how I see this spirit. You know, uh, when we see a man that we, we admire, we'll say, boy, I like his spirit. You know, he's an he's a encourager. I like the spirit of an encourager. He's a giver. He's a generous man. I like his, his spirit of generosity. Well, in Shamgar, I see, number one, the spirit of resourcefulness. The spirit of resourcefulness. He knows uh, that, that, that he's got to use what's available to him. That he doesn't have a great armory to, uh, to, to, to go to. And so, uh, and, and so he, he's, he's considering what his options are. There's something inside of him says that uh, if the Philistines show up one more time, if they come on my property one more time, I can't speak for everybody else, um, but I've taken all I can take, gone as far as I can go, and I'm going to do something. I can imagine him having some conversations with his family around the table. Now, wife, I've just got to tell you, I've made up my mind, made up my mind. Kids, uh, uh, I don't know what the outcome's going to be, but I'm not going to take this just sitting, uh, sitting down anymore. I'm going to do what I can. So regardless of the outcome, I want you to be prepared for that. I am going to stand up. I am going to fight. Well, Dad, what are you going to use? Uh, well, I'm going to use what I have. Uh, well, what do you have? Uh, and he saw that uh, ox goad laying uh, over there above, uh, you know, against the plow, and he said... Uh, he said, I guess I'll use that right there. Uh, I don't know what else to use. And he pulled up that ox goad, looked at the sharp uh, point uh, tip uh, and uh, the metal uh, end on the other end. And he said, uh, yeah, I think I'll just use what I've got. Uh, amen. Uh, and so uh, it may be tonight that you haven't got this whole book memorized, uh, but have you got one verse memorized? Use it. Come on now. Praise God. Hallelujah. I'm worried about the fact uh, that so many people have left their sword up on a shelf somewhere, buried under so many other things uh, that they don't even re remember that they have a weapon. You have a weapon. 
Amen. This is the sword of the Lord. It's the word of God. Take it and use it. Amen. I'm troubled by the fact that we've got so many different versions of the Bible so watered down. And, and, and pardon me, I'm not against using various Bible studies. And I read other versions of the Bible just because sometimes it'll add clarity to the King James Version. You can throw me off the pulpit right now if you, if you uh, object. But I'm being honest with you. I just want you to know that I do read from other versions. Uh, but, I, but I'm going to tell you, hey man, at some point or another... We've got to look at the Bible uh, as more than a comic book. We've got to look at the Bible as so, you know, so uh, more than so watered down that it's just an easy listening little thing, you know, that, that gives us some inspiration. It's the word of the Lord. Amen. There's no, there's, there's no continuity. And as a result, nobody's memorizing the word of God. Amen. A Sunday school teacher reads this version. Another version's on the screen, and somebody else recommends this version. There's no continuity. We're not, we're not getting it in our mind. We don't have any weapon to fight with. I think it's been a, a trick in these last days to so divide and disrupt that, 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 that we, don't, we don't have a weapon to fight with. Amen. But I believe that this is a conservative church that believes in the Bible. I, may, I recommend you memorize a scripture and get it in your heart and mind so that when the enemy shows up, amen, you'll be able to say something of importance and power to him to let him know, amen, if nothing else, just start quoting, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Now get out of my way devil. Come on now. Praise God. Amen. How about something like greater is he that's in me than he that is in the world. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Praise God. Or how about that famous verse that Pilgrim quoted in Pilgrim's Progress when Apollyon met him on the, on the, on the roadway and they got in a fierce battle. Christian couldn't go forward because of the great monster that was in his way. Steep cliff on one side and a drop off on the other. He stood his ground until uh, the enemy started throwing his darts. Wounded Christian. He fell uh, uh, to the ground and falling backwards he dropped his shield and his sword and the enemy approached and just about the time the enemy was putting his foot in the chest of Pilgrim and was getting ready to, uh, to, to bring the a final death blow uh, a, a scripture came to his mind amen from the Old Testament prophet rejoice not against me O mine enemy though I fall I shall arise <laughs> Woo! praise God when that verse came into his mind, amen, it gave him courage, and he said it again. Rejoice not against me, O mine enemy. When I fall, I shall arise. Apollyon backs up, giving him a minute to grab his sword, amen, and pulling the sword up, he says again, Rejoice not against me, O mine enemy. Though I fall, I 
shall arise. Praise God. He grabs his shield and now the warrior rising up within him again. He quotes it again and the enemy begins to back up. Rejoice not against me, O oh my enemy. Though I fall, I shall arise. Listen to me, devil. You might have got me down, but I'm not staying down. Listen to me, devil. I'm here to pronounce. Amen. I've taken all I can take. You're not gaining any more territory. No more ground. It's war day. It's war time. Amen. I'm standing up. I'm going to do what I can where I'm at with what I have. Praise God. Amen. I sort of jumped ahead. But also in the spirit of Shamgar is not only the spirit of resourcefulness, but the spirit of readiness. The spirit of readiness. He doesn't know what day it's going to happen, but he's going to be ready when it does happen. Amen. He's going to be ready. Are you ready tonight? Are you ready? Whatever comes your way tomorrow, after having such wonderful services, I thought this morning after the Spirit of God was moving so greatly and I could sense in my spirit that God was doing something in people's lives in the service this morning. God was doing something in people's lives in this service this morning. And I just want to tell you, don't forget tomorrow what He did for you today. Amen. Don't forget next week when the darkness begins to brew and the enemy is threatening that God has invested in you a new courage and a strength and given you the ammunition to fight with. You've got to be ready. You've got to be prepared. Amen. I had kind of a strange thing happen to me um, here a while back. We were preaching a revival in, in uh, North Carolina and uh, in uh, a small church in a, in a town with a, with a strange name. But uh, during the day, I was over at the, at the church praying. I was there by myself, and it was fall. And uh, I'd been hearing that there was going to be a weather change, and, and they were predicting a cold front coming through. And I was in the church and uh, at the altar, kneeling down, and I literally felt and heard when that cold front arrived. I mean, the wind picked up. You could feel the barometric pressure begin to drop. You could almost sense the temperature change, you know. And I thought, boy, this is weird. I could hear the leaves blowing across the parking lot of that church. And so I just went out to watch the, the cold front come through, you know. And as I opened the door of that little church and stepped out on the porch, this is where it really gets weird. I saw the largest flock or whatever you would call it, the largest, uh, the largest congregation of buzzards I'd ever seen. Buzzards. I've seen, and you've seen, one or two or three circling around, you know, generally hovering over a dead animal down below. But I'm talking about, what would you call it? Does anybody know? Is, are buzzards, do they fly in flocks or what? Look that one up. Amen. Congregation. Hundreds of them. Hundreds. I'm standing out on the porch, and the cold wind is blowing in the leaves across the parking lot, and that, 
that herd of, of, of buzzards was flying low and slow all around that church. I mean low enough that I could see their eyes. Low, hundreds of buzzards all around that church, around and around in a circle. And I did exactly what you would do. I ran inside and slammed the door. <laughs> and fell on my knees and went back to prayer. But while I was praying, I got to thinking, you know, about those buzzards. Don't they, don't they congregate normally when there's dead things? Aren't they hovering over something dead? We're in town. This is a church. It's a parking lot. And they're flying low and slow around that church. And the symbolism of it, Brother Jerry, really started getting a hold of me. And, uh, and so I went back out there on that porch to see if they were still there. And they were still flying around that church. And something welled up inside of me. And I don't know if the neighbors heard me or not, but standing on that porch, I hollered out and said, Listen to me, devil. This church is not dead. And this church is not dying. And by the help of the Lord, we're going to have revival. And this church is going to live. Come on now. Praise God. So now you want to throw me off the platform, the preacher that talks to buzzards? Sees a devil behind every bush or something? Woo, y'all looking at me funny now. Come on. It gets even maybe a little stranger or a little better, depending on how you look at it. That night in church, uh, revival service, uh, I, I got up and, I, and, and before preaching, I told that story. I said, this is what happened today. Today, right here in Fuquay, Verena, North Carolina, the buzzards flying around this church. Uh, and I declared, devil, this church is not dead and this church is not dying. And suddenly, amen, that pastor's wife sitting about uh, three rows back, um, she jumped up uh, and shouted out there in the middle aisle. And then she ran back there. Uh, up on the platform they had a, a room back in the back she ran back up in there come out in a few minutes uh, and she had a broom in her hand uh, and she got out here in the middle and started swinging that broom and hollering get out of here devil in the name of Jesus we're gonna live we're gonna have revival praise God I'm telling you if you have something inside of you that makes you motivated to fight uh, you can fight devils with a broom Come on now. Do what you can where you're at with what you have. But don't be content to just, to just sit here and shrivel up and die. Hallelujah. Praise God. He had the spirit of readiness and the spirit of resourcefulness and ultimately the spirit of revival. Hallelujah. Did you see that little footnote tagged on the end of that? Here he is. The day came. The battle broke out. The Philistines attacked. Amen. He swung that ox goad. 
he stabbed and swung and fought, and deflected. Amen. I, 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 don't, I don't know. I can't tell you if it happened all in one day or not. I get the impression it did, like a Samson battle. Amen. Like a Samson battle where Samson killed, uh, 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 was it a thousand with the jawbone of donkey? Uh, however many. Amen. This is it. This is a similarity. I think it happened in one day. But if one man kills another man, one per minute, uh, 600, he fought a 10-hour battle constantly swinging his swinging his ox goad fighting amen wounded baby tired sweaty amen fighting continuously continuously until finally the last enemy fell amen but that's not the end of the story oh by the way and he delivered Israel The spirit of revival was upon him. The spirit of revival was upon him. I want to ask you tonight, can one man bring revival to a nation? Can one young man make a difference in his town? Can one young lady make a difference in this world? I'm telling you, I believe that if we could get a hold of the spirit of Shamgar, amen, there could be a spirit of revival break out. Amen, and Shamgar delivered Israel. It was a mighty, mighty spirit. Oh, praise God. And I, I'm not talking here when I say the spirit of Shamgar. I'm not just talking about his character. I'm not talking about his, you know, his uh, attitude or whatever you want to call it. Uh, I think I've got some scriptural evidence uh, that he had another spirit at work in him. Praise God. Follow the history of the book of Judges. Amen. It says in chapter 3, verse number 10, about Othniel. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon him, and he judged Israel. Gideon, chapter 6, verse 34. The Spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon. Chapter 11, verse 29. Jephthah, the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jephthah. Chapter 13 and 14 and 15. The story of Samson. The Spirit of the Lord came upon him at times. The Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him. The Spirit of the Lord came upon him. And when he came unto Lehi, the Philistines shouted against him, and the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him. The story of the book of Judges is not a story just about courageous men. It's not a story of men who were unusual or men who were unlike other men. It really isn't about, the, uh, about men who were superheroes. Shamgar, the superhero. That's not what it's about. It's about men who allowed the Holy Spirit of God to come upon them. And by the power and might of the Holy Ghost, they did unusual things. Amen. Woo, I wish you'd help me preach just another minute or so. I'm almost done. Listen, in the story of Samson, I think that we do an injustice. And, and a lot of our Sunday school literature has done an injustice with their drawings and, and, and imaginative pictures of Samson. Like he's Atlas. You know, bulging biceps and, you know, muscles all over and looks just like Brother Blue. Listen, if Samson was drinking muscle milk every day, 
if Samson was going to the gym and working out every day, if he had bulging biceps and all of that uh, and looked like uh, uh, Atlas, uh, then the Philistines would not have said, what's the secret of his strength? He looks just like us. There's nothing unusual about him. We don't know he's, he's uh, drinking protein drinks every day and all of that kind of stuff. What is, what is it about him? I'll tell you what it is. It was the Spirit of God came upon him, and it was the power of the Holy Ghost that made a difference in him. Listen, it is said and I'm just about done it's not by power it's not by might but by my spirit saith the Lord oh God grant us the spirit of Shamgar the Holy Ghost power that we need in these last days let's stand together tonight let's stand together